888-253-8926. Or you can text short code to 35270. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen in studio. Jack is on en route and on location. On assignment, as the late great Ed Schultz used to say. This is Brad Anderson. How are you doing, Brad? I'm good. I'm at the uh, Holiday Inn. It is the UND Fan Boosters Lunch. This is, I think, number three of four for the uh, winter. And uh, Val Sussex from the UND Champions Club is here as well. And uh, first of all, you made it. The roads are a little dicey, it sounds like, on 29 from uh, the Forks to Fargo. You know, I'm a North Dakota kid, and I feel like I've lived in North Dakota my whole life. I've, I've hit the roads a lot. This was probably one of the worst that you've seen because you just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. You go from moments where it looks wet to, oh, no, that's ice. Oh, that's dry. Oh, it just, it was a lot. And so it was maybe a 65-mile-an-hour trip all the okay. way down, and we didn't maybe leave with enough time. So we're, <laughs> so we were here. We were on time, and, and the coaches show in there is just starting. So we're happy to be here. We love the Holiday Inn in Fargo, and we love our Fargo Fighting Hawk fans. Yep, if you want to come out here, there's still some time. Um, check out some lunch and go through the buffet. Uh, Danger. Jackson, associate hockey, uh, men's hockey head coach, will be here. Paul Sather is here. We'll hear from Paul. We'll get a chance to visit with Paul. They've got uh, a pair of home games, one tomorrow night with Kansas City, and then uh, Oral Roberts, the conference leader, coming in. Um, I guess you talked about North Dakota. You've driven on Highway 13 from Wapiton to the interstate. Like I have many a times, like I guess you can you can handle any road if you can handle that in the wintertime. So. That's exactly right. I was just talking to my parents in Wapiton on the way here, and they said, no, Highway 13 might be a little sketchy today. We're not going to come, but we'll miss you. You know, So they typically drive up from Wapiton yep. for these events as well. So they chose not to take 13 today. Is your dad still roughing? You know, he still does football, okay. and he still does volleyball, and he I, loves it. I think he loves his crew that he works with. Yes. Maybe that kind of keeps him going. They keep him young and, and, and you know, vigorous. But uh, That is a pretty good crew. I think it's Brett Lambrecht's in that, I think. and uh, uh, Richard think Peterson. Rich Peterson. Tom Bennett's probably got to be on that as, Yeah, as he's well, in the so. mix. And then my cousin, which would be my dad's um, nephew, godson Ryan Sanis from mm-hmm. Rickenridge, is part of the crew as well. So you got the old man Sanis and the young man Sanis. There so you go. They've got a good crew. And there, I think there was one or two more in there that alternated in that I'm probably missing. But, yeah, yeah they're great. Great crew. Good guys. Yep. Uh, we are here at the Holiday Inn today. As Jack is somewhere between here and Kansas City. I don't know where. I know it was an early flight this morning. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, put on your um, put on your analyst hat. Of course, you uh, work with Brian Sean on TV on the women's basketball side, and um, this is a couple of key critical games here for Mallory and the and the ladies here. It's sitting at four and three. Had a great weekend last weekend, and I would say a very winnable game in Kansas City. And one boy, if you could get it, it would be huge down in Tulsa. Yeah, road swings in the Summit League are hard. We learned that when North Dakota went on the road and lost three in a row in, in the Dakotas, but. Kansas City is a must-win game for North Dakota. On paper, we are the better team. doesn't matter if you're in the Betty or on the road. You have got to come out with that lunch pail mentality and go to work. And I think North Dakota will. starts on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. We've seen really good things happen when North Dakota is in the passing lane, playing that good gap defense, and most of all, team defense. We're always a little bit smaller on the block. Juliet Gordon is just a beast for North Dakota, (laughs) and I say that in the utmost respectful way. She really plays much bigger than she is, and then they play good team defense around her. So Kansas City is a must-win Thursday, and it's one at a time in the Summit League. And then heading down to Tulsa with the Oral Roberts matchup, they've got Hannah Cooper, which is one of the best guards in the Summit League, and then they have Teresa Moore on the block. If she's playing and she's healthy, which she's been hit and miss this year, she's a four. She had 12 points and 20 boards the other night in their game out. So North Dakota's going to find her, keep her in check. Don't let Hannah Cooper 
uh, go off, and I think North Dakota can come away with two big road wins this week. Yep, that would be huge. You can kind of stay, boy, obviously three would be great. You want to maybe stay on the opposite side of South Dakota State if you can, and um, you know, we've seen what South Dakota is still in the mix. NDSU, you know, looking to next weekend as well. Depending on what happens this weekend, that game, uh, that game up with the Betty here, and uh, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday could be really big. Yeah, that's going to be really a big one. I know North Dakota kind of left a bad taste in their mouth a few weeks ago down in Fargo. They just thought that was a game that they wanted to win and yep. take care of business, and that's one that they've got circled. Can't look past this week, but then yep. all attention after after Sunday is going to be on the Bison, and that'll be a good one. It'll be close. It'll go down to the wire. And it'll come up with players making plays. All right, very good. Uh, you know, spring seasons. I know we're going to visit here uh, Tim Belmore in a few minutes, and uh, spring seasons underway. You got some indoor track, which is uh, that's po- positive signs. Some signs of spring, uh, tennis as well, and uh, some of those spring seasons starting to at least get an early start. You know, it's really exciting, yeah, to know that all those coaches are going. It's one of those crossover seasons where you still have the winter sports going. The spring sports are getting in the mix. Um, our tennis team plays at the Choice um, Wellness Center indoor mm-hmm. facility, one of the best facilities in the Midwest for tennis. And uh, I know Coach is here today, and he'll speak in a little bit. Coach Tom Boyson, we have really good tennis teams. So if anyone out there loves tennis and you haven't been up to a UND match, please come out. It's free to come in. I'd love to meet you there. I'd love to visit. We'd love to go and cheer on the Hawks from the, the crow's nest up top, and it's just a lot of fun. Track and field, we probably won't get to see them run outside, and I don't know when we'll see softball play outside. But <laughs> tennis plays indoors, and it's warm. So that's kind of the spring highlight for me. Do you get a break in your role at all? Um... No, and I don't know if I'd want one. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're so busy in the summer with all of our golf tours, and then we roll right into football in the fall. We have some donor events where we really try to love on and take care of the people that really help us be successful. And then from there, we roll into the, the busy basketballs each weekend, hockey a lot of weekends. And, yeah, I guess when I'm old and retired, yeah. I'm, I'm still pretty young, you know, under 40, so I feel pretty young. Um, I got a lot of years ahead of me, but I got a young family. So yeah. my seven-year-old Baker and my five-year-old Lauren, they keep me busy too. So if I'm not at work or a UND event, then I'm running with one of the kids, and it's a lot of fun. Very good. Uh, Val, appreciate uh, appreciate having you here today. And uh, uh, there will be one more fan luncheon coming up here in February, correct? Yes, it will be in February, and the date escapes me off the top of my <laughs> head okay. right now. It's always a Wednesday in February, and I think we're going on the 15th of February. Okay. So if you don't want to fight the crowds on Val, Valentine's Day and take your sweetheart out for lunch. Postpone it to the 15th. Come here, have a delicious meal, and listen to our UND coaches speak. If you are like my family, I'm usually, and I think this year will be no exception, it's usually in a gym or somewhere on, on Valentine's Day. So we ended up, we always end up doing either about a day or two beforehand or afterwards, and it all works out the same. So I'm, I'm sure it's the same in your house. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a hot dog and a bag of popcorn on a Tuesday <laughs> night on Valentine's watching some hoops <laughs> or wrestling or hockey, whatever it is. Hey, thanks for having us here, Val. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, Val Sus- uh, Sussex from the UND Champions Club. It is 12.07, and, uh, yeah, scheduled to uh, join us, uh, Associate Head Coach Dean Jackson. I know uh, Paul Sather will. He's uh, going to uh, have a little lunch and address the crowd here, and we'll visit with him. Um, in uh, a few minutes, as uh, I guess uh, some news of the day, um, Derek. The uh, nice win for the Wild last night. They yes. uh, get a win at Washington and uh, three in a row. And we we're talking a little bit this morning on uh, KFGO Sports, especially with uh, Joel Heitkamp up in Winnipeg. Um, the Wild kind of putting themselves. They're only five points behind Dallas and uh, the Jets in that Central Division. They've kind of put a little space. Colorado has just had some injuries and had a tough time figuring it out after winning the. Uh, win of the cup and uh you know hopefully the wild putting themselves in in what still a lot of hockey to be played at the halfway point but uh 
uh, putting themselves in a good position here. Yeah, I mean, really, the uh, outside of the one-point loss on Monday, both the winter sports teams are doing pretty well, right? I mean, we'll see what the the uh, Timberwolves do against the Western Conference leaders in Denver tonight. But, yeah, in the wild, you know, actually kind of find things. You know, there's a lot of turnover on both teams, and now they're kind of finding their way here as we turn the new year, which is good to see because yeah, both teams were one and done last year in the postseason. I think people are at least hoping to get in the second round, both of the squads, and you know, so far so good. And that was impressive to go on the road and beat that uh, Washington team. Not too shabby. I, I was pretty happy to see that as I was uh, following along last night. Yep, they. Uh, I you know they're in a busy stretch, a lot of road stretches, and you know they're going to have that long road stretch uh, during the high school state tournaments so when they have uh, when the X is busy with wrestling and then with hockey, so they right. got another long stretch coming up. So if you can kind of make some hay here in the Eastern Conference, that's definitely uh, definitely a good thing as well. Two three seven thirty seven sixty seven is the phone number you can text us as well to 35270. NFL playoffs this weekend. Do you have, and now that the, I'm always curious when your favorite team gets knocked out, and, and your your favorite team in mine is uh, now gearing up for the draft, apparently. Right. Or what they're, or adjusting contracts to how they're going to work it around the salary cap. Do you Start are, checking out Mel Kuyper and Todd Mache right now. Yeah, where are we at? <laughs> right. We're going to get an edge rusher. What's our deal now? I mean, seriously. Yes. Well, they maybe they can grab a draft pick or two, maybe because they yeah. don't have very many. I like two in the first one hundred or so. But um, and this will be a, uh, a question for the text club as well. When your favorite team's done, do you just watch just just to watch, or, or do you do you find a team? Do you pick a team that uh, uh, to to root for the rest of the way? Is there a team that you just enjoy watching, or how does that work, at least for you? It kind of becomes more like college football to me, where I like enjoy watching it. But it's I'm a little torn on the Bills thing, because I think for that city of Buffalo, for them to keep that franchise, for one thing, the loyal fan base, you know, they had to go through the 0-4, but then misery loves company, right? So I don't know if I necessarily want to see a team go 1-4 and and leave our Vikings as the only team that's 0-4 in the Super Bowl, right? And so it's... I'm a little torn on that, mm-hmm. but it's hard not to like Josh Allen and what the the Bills do. Uh, do you agree with me? I mean, just it's it's they're kind of a that's a lovable outfit for whatever reason. I, I don't know. For a lot of reasons, I think yeah. it would be fun for Buffalo. They've had to deal with the weather, and then the, the, with Demar Hamlin, and there is a a something fun about that team with Allen, and whether you're, whether or not you like Stephon Diggs, and you know they do a lot of fun things, and I think I uh, really. I don't think uh, Sean McDermott gets enough credit for how he handles a handles that team and how he handled the Demar Hamlin thing, and it just seems like there are coaches that just maybe fit the city and fit their situation, and he just seems to be a, a, a perfect fit. There's something about that team, though, that I just there's some about him. I I don't know if Allen just gets a little reckless or not. There's something I yeah. just don't completely trust with them. That's the one thing probably to me is holding me back from maybe picking them to win. Out of the AFC, it probably didn't help that we saw them, de- de- you know, totally deflate the second half against the Vikings too, right? So I mean, there's there's that. I think, factor. Yeah, I think that's maybe an example. And there's been, you know, there were moments I thought they had a chance to totally dismantle the Dolphins, and they let them hang around all the way to one hundred percent. I think yeah, if, so, if McDaniel's I mean, does, I mean, if he's able to get the play in on time, I think the Dolphins might win that game. I mean, if, if you yeah, look I mean, at there's, it, I mean, if you look at it on paper, and we know they don't play him on paper, but. You know, you have a third-string quarterback for the Dolphins in that right. situation and with all kinds in of Buffalo. emotion going on in Buffalo. Yeah, in Buffalo, in front of that crowd, there's there's logic would tell you that, uh, or at least you think, that there would be no reason that they would be there. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals beat them. They're just something about that team, and I wonder if they've got uh, they've got a run left in them, uh, similar to last year's run that they did to the to the Super Bowl with Burrow, or if there's maybe that magic isn't there or not. But I I, I don't I don't know. They're to me kind of the quiet team in the AFC. I agree with you, and the way they were last year, right? I mean, didn't they upset the Titans? And that was kind of what the run started. And Joe Burrow is fun to watch. Going back to his final year at LSU, I mean, he was he was a fun kid to watch. He still is. He's got those. You know, South Fargo uh, ties still that people have. Mm-hmm. His dad, the former Bison assistant coach. So I think a lot of people pull for him. And, yeah, they're just uh, – they're an exciting team. I, the, the one thing that's for sure about it, and I think Tyler Axness and I were talking about this the other day, is that there's a lot more likable teams in the AFC and the NFC, right? Because the Cowboys are the Cowboys, so we don't really uh, – yep. we don't like to associate with them. Apologies to Jack Michaels. <laughs> Eagles and their fan base are very dis, you know just can't like them very much, and uh, the 49ers I don't think are you know it's disliked, but the Giants they're, they're an embarrassment of riches, especially with those two Super Bowl wins with Eli bleeping Manning, right? So yeah, I mean it's uh, I, I think when it comes down to it, these so those three AFC teams that were AFC teams we're talking about are much more likable, and you know let's face it, Peterson's a pretty good coach. You know, it was a miracle, obviously, against the Chargers last year. That they uh, last week that they came back, but Trevor Lawrence is kind of his uh, calling. That was his game to be on the big stage. You look at the. I think maybe the likability part of it too, maybe comes from the quarterbacks. I mean, they're, right. they're the faces of their franchises with Mahomes, and everybody you know loves to watch Patrick Mahomes and some of the magic he can create. Now you talked about Burrow, and I think Josh Allen. There's Certain group that likes to watch him play, and Trevor Lawrence might be in that, uh, might be in that category as well. He's, I think, he has progressed well. He kind of survived the Urban Meyer debacle in uh, in season one, and in Doug Peterson might have been, you know, quite honestly, like it was in Philly in 2017, might be the perfect coach and the perfect perfect fit at the right time for that for right. a franchise that desperately needed it. Think about it too. If he goes up to Arrowhead and wins, my goodness. I mean, and then we will know oh, he he has arrived, right? I mean, that's going to be a a story and a half if that's able to happen. I, I I don't think it's going to happen, but that would be something else if that's able to happen. And they'll talk about that one. You know, kind of the way the, the Jacksonville in their second year upset Denver in the playoffs. Remember that? And and, and if that, that yes. that's the type of thing that would uh, really shake up the NFL, that's for sure. Yep, that's for sure. And the NFC as well, I think, uh, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the, uh, the 49ers. You know, the Giants – I will say I kind of have a respect. I, I I think Brian Dable did a heck of a job with right. that uh, with that program to turn that around or make as big a jump as they did. And could this be a breakout game for Daniel Jones? I mean, you know, I think we saw some of that, but uh, to do it in that environment against an a- NFC East opponent that knows you very well, this could be uh, this could be you know really a game for him to maybe vault his status among NFL quarterbacks uh, this weekend? Well, I don't think there's any question because I don't think people look at the playoff win against the Vikings as much, right, because they did a lot of that in the first game. They just kind of blew it in the second half, right? I mean, I don't think, mm-hmm. this was not a surprise yeah. that the Vikings lost to the Giants because it almost looks like the same script. It's just the Vikings weren't able to pull one out of their you-know-what the way they did so many times this year. So I don't think, you know, if they go to Philly and get crushed, they aren't going to talk about it. But you're right. You know, if he can out Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts <laughs> in Philly, right? I mean, kind of the way he ran against right. the Vikings, yeah, I think he will get noticed for sure. There's no question about that. So I think that's a very good observation. 
12.15, we uh, Brad Anderson here at the uh, Holiday Inn in Fargo. UND Fan Luncheon is on until 1 today. You can uh, uh, check out some lunch and go through the buffet. And uh, we've got some coaches that will be here as well. As uh, Paul Sather is here, we will hopefully uh, be hearing from uh, from uh, the head men's basketball coach. He is here, and they've got uh, UND basketball. Uh, the uh, men's games will be on uh, KFGO tomorrow night with Kansas City. And then on a Saturday with Oral Roberts as well. Coming up tomorrow on the program, uh, head uh, men's basketball coach Dave Richmond at NDSU is scheduled to join us right out of the shoot, and we'll try and uh, catch up with some Bison basketball players as well. We'll head to that uh, showdown with um, with Oral Roberts. We were talking mm, yeah. about with uh, Val Sussex on the women's side how there's really from about two down to about six or seven in the standings in the um, in the Summit League. Um, how tight it is. NDSU certainly put them back in the themselves back in the mix with five wins in a row. Speaking of the Summit League, did you? Like I said you were you were under the weather yesterday. I don't know if you saw the uh, the story that came out of the Twin Cities. Um, St. Thomas is going to be a sleeping giant, and oh, yeah. uh, and I think there's a feeling that the Summit League is not going to be their final stop at some point. Uh, the seventy-five million dollar uh, donation announced that will build build basically they're going to go from d3 to d1 basically in quality as uh, uh they're going to be building a new hockey and basketball facility i think it's going to be a combo they will open that up in uh, a couple of years but man that was uh i'd tell you what uh i don't i don't know if the u i don't know if the university of minnesota wants to hear it down in the twin cities but st thomas is ready to make some noise and looks like they've got the cash to do it they're going to be a pain in the rear right i mean because let's face it the, Daco- the, the dakota schools have been a pain in the rear for the University of Minnesota now for the past couple of years because they're going in and they're saying, okay, we can give you a half scholarship, right? Oh, yeah, and oh, we got some Pell Grants here, right? And the Gophers can't do that. They can't tell a punter, hey, you know what? We can give you half a scholarship. They have to give you a full or ask you to be a preferred walk-on. And that's how it works. And so that's a, it's been a thing with FCS schools. Now, St. Thomas doesn't necessarily work on scholarships. They have, like, academic assistance and that type of thing, right, For especially for their football program. But uh, th- that's how they worked in Division Three. They're still trying to work that out, and they'll probably go more full scholarship in basketball. But yeah, if you're if you got a tweener kid that you're trying to recruit for University of Minnesota, and all, all of a sudden he he's a six ten center, says, you know what, I like this facility at St. Thomas, especially when there is a little bit of a fight in fighting right now with the old barn on the University of Minnesota campus. Right, I've loved the history of it going through the '90s and all. But the last time I was in there was for a wrestling duel, and it, something's got to give there. I mean, you got to love the nostalgia of the barn, but they got to do something with that because it is really outdated, and it's to the concourse is too small. I mean, just with all the the big buildings that we have right now, Brad, I think that the University of Minnesota has to make a decision on what they're going to do with their basketball facilities. Yep, yeah, I uh, I agree, and it's just you know I think the nostalgia worked. When the program was good and the building was right. full and people were willing to, you know, sit behind a post to go watch that, but those days are over. I mean, <laughs> That's right. The days of Clem and the days of Clem and that crew are long gone. Um, we had some moments with Tubby. We had some moments. Well, then a lot of moments with Patino, but you know, Tubby got him to an NCAA tournament. It didn't quite work out with Dan Munson, and uh, yeah, it, it definitely, uh, definitely frustrating. Uh, we continue on here from the Holiday Inn. Uh, Tim Belmore is the, uh, one of the associate athletic directors of the University of North Dakota as uh, Tim joins us. And, uh, boy, just uh, a good day to talk uh, some fighting, ha- fighting Hawk athletics here in Fargo, Tim, uh, even though the 
Roads are a little bit dicey. It's a great day to be down at Fargo on a Wednesday. It's one of our four Fargo fan luncheons that we have each each year. Uh, obviously, 2023 is upon us. We're midway through the winter seasons, and we're already beginning to uh, to have our spring sports really take over as well. So we've got Dane Jackson, associate head coach from UND Hockey here today, Paul Sather from UND Men's Basketball, along with Jim Varenkamp, our director of track and field cross country, as well as Tom Boyson from both women's and men's tennis uh, to share a little bit on how their seasons are going to this point and then to see how um, how the rest of, of the, the winter and spring seasons are going to progress. It's been a good start of the spring seasons, it sounds like. It has been really good. Uh, tennis just kicked off their first weekend uh, a week ago. Um, track and field is in the middle of their indoor season. Uh, tennis was in Montana on one side, Indiana on the other, and then um, uh, obviously basketball and hockey, they've been going full, full bore with their conference uh, tilts so far this, this winter, too. Yeah, so it's been a busy time here, and I know uh, Paul and uh, Dane are going to talk about uh, their, you know, the programs as well. I know hockey it was a rough weekend last weekend, hoping for a rebound, and uh, I'm sure there's sure some some concern, but there's plenty of season left. Well, a lot of season left, and I think the thing that that we always try to fall back on is this: the coaches and the programs, and the and most importantly, the student athletes. What are we doing each and every day to help support them? What opportunities can we try to help create? Uh, the thing I really love seeing is is the fight, the willingness to really represent the university in the really best way possible. I see that every single time I watch our teams compete, whether they're at home, whether they're on the road. Uh, so really, from our standpoint, whether it's myself, Val, or Colton Sanders and my cohort, uh, we're just trying to create as many opportunities as we can. Uh, opportunities like this in the Southern Valley and Fargo as well. Uh, what kind of what kind of participation you get at these? What kind of response have you uh, have you gotten over the years? Well, the Fargo fan lunches have always been a part of of really our year, um, going way back to my first years in 2000. Coming down to Fargo once a month, you know, really having a lot of um, you know really a lot of fans, a lot of supporters, a lot of people that drive up I-29 each and every weekend for whether it's a, a hockey series, a football game, uh, a basketball series. Uh, as well as a lot of people that you know are coming from other smaller communities in and around the lower half of the Red River Valley that are helping support our teams too it's just really a chance for us to get down and to say thank you and to uh, to really come to them if you would uh, to show our uh, our commitment as well there's plenty of opportunities too I think about every weekend from now till about early March um, there's there's hockey there's basketball there's something going on uh, either at the Betty or at the Ralph it's been an awesome, awesome schedule to this point. Even though we've had a couple of stretches where the hockey team was in town for three weekends in a row, then they were away for a couple of weeks. Uh, with our summit basketball schedules, it's really been nice to have the women on a Thursday at home and then a Saturday, and then the next week the men are, are there as well. It really makes winter go quick and uh, gives us always something to be really excited about each week at the Betty. All right, Tim, appreciate it. Uh, good, to, good to have you here today. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate all you do. Tim Belmore, Associate Athletic Director at the University of North Dakota. Now we jump right in. Paul Sather, Head Men's Basketball Coach at UND. As uh, First off, uh, thanks for coming down. Oh, the drive a little bit uh, little bit iffy at times. But, a little uh, bit. We saw a few cars in a ditch on the way okay. down, but uh, we kept it. We kept it on the road. I bet there's. I bet in your coaching time, there's a few trips from Aberdeen in your days at Northern yeah. State to Grand Forks. Uh, uh, I bet there's there's some stories to tell. Just when you add recruiting into the mix, you know, I, I always joke to people that uh, I'm a top five snow driver because you feel like you get all these <laughs> bonus points for driving in bad weather, right? So, you know, we've managed to do it without being in any kind of bad bad wreck, which it, it, it's scary sometimes because uh, there's a lot of 
there's some tough roads sometimes. Yep. No well, uh, I tell you what, it, I, there's an old saying, there, it takes one to get it started, and you need that one in the conference, and uh, you got a couple of chances this week. And uh, First off, last weekend in Omaha and Denver, after two tough losses at home, games you – you know, games you know, that was kind of ebbs and flows and such, and uh, you, you, you fall short. But uh, I guess what did you learn in that, uh, really, the first road trip of the uh, conference season? Yeah, well, I mean, opportunities were there. Opportunities mm-hmm. were there, and we got to take advantage of them more. And, you know, I think the con- the consistency over 40 minutes, the possessions you got to win, every possession matters. And in league play, it's even magnified more where every every possession matters. And, you know, that Omaha game, uh, again, opportunities there. We, we had leads. We had we had opportunities to get certain rebounds or to, to whether it's layups around the rim or open threes. It boils down to it sometimes where we had our looks. Boy, you know, they had their looks. And uh, a guy like Youngers, I remember he hit a, he hit a three kind of late in the game uh, after we missed one. And it just went, that lead went from being, I think, down three or four to now down, I think it was six or seven because of that three. And, and it's just sometimes the, the timing of things have got to be better. But, you know, it's all it's all for us to improve at and get better on. And, and uh, that's the that's the ideal part of it is keep working, keep working. And I'm sure frustrating for guys, but you have to kind of tell them. And it's funny, I was, I was doing a high school game last night, and I had one of the high school coaches, of, of Mike Clark from DGF, said, says we're winning games now we've won two tight games because kids know how to value possession so it doesn't matter what level of basketball just value possession uh especially in tight games like you've you've dealt with it just it's just so simple and it's on the defensive side too value value your job and and who you're guarding and and you 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 know we'll go down and list and there'll be some breakdowns that we have and we've got to improve those and we only had 16 turnovers in two games on the road, which is awesome. That's you know, great. we had we had six at, at, at Omaha. And I think we had no, we had 10 at Omaha and six on the road at Denver. And uh, lead, games we had leads in, games we were. Well, it looks like we had just uh, had a little hiccup there with uh, Brad and Coach Sather, but again, a big weekend coming up for uh, t- the two North Dakota schools with uh, them both hosting. So hopefully, get uh, them uh, just back on in just a little bit here. And it's due for a break anyway. So let's uh, do that and hopefully get back with uh, Coach Sather. Derek Hanson, Brad Anderson, he's live at UND Boosters here on 740 The Fan, 740TheFan.com. Start your day with Chris Hockey, Corey Cove, and Meat Sauce. It's the best. Great spot. It's the Power Trip Morning Show. Weekdays from 530 to 9 a.m. on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM. Doosan Bobcat is having walk-in interviews in Wapaton today, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Bobcat is currently hiring first weekend days and weekend nights assemblers and weekend nights CNC machinists for their Wapaton facility. Bobcat offers on-the-job training for CNC machinists, so no experience is necessary. With a $2,000 sign-on bonus and $5,000 relocation bonus for those who qualify, it'll be walk-in interviews today, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. in Wapaton. Apply at bobcat.com slash now hiring. Doosan Bobcat, an equal opportunity employer. Country Night is back this Friday with the Fargo Force, featuring all country music and concert ticket giveaways, sponsored by Fleet Farm. Join the Force Saturday for Hometown Heroes Night, featuring special jerseys, musical performances, and more, sponsored by Cross Insulation. See you at Shields Arena for Fargo Force Hockey. Here at the Holiday Inn in Fargo, UND fan luncheon going on until one o'clock. We uh, continue on with men's basketball coach Paul Sather. As uh, 
Well, we'll get to Oral Roberts here in a second. First off, uh, Kansas City comes in, uh, kind of one of those teams right around 500 in the league, and uh, and I guess scouting report on uh, what we're going to see from the Roos. You know, one of the one of the top re- offensive rebounding teams in the country. I think they're like number seven or so in offensive rebound percentage. Uh, they got two really talented scorers in in Raquandis Mitchell and uh, Shamari Allen. Like those guys, they 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 can really score. And what ends up happening is. They're kind of willing to take a lot of different types of shots. A lot of shots will go up, and those three guys, and even which of the two isn't shooting it, those four guys are going to crash really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So a big part of this is doing a great job guarding those two, making them take tough twos, making them take tough shots. And then when that ball goes up, it's kind of when the game really begins because you got to block out and we got a ball. we we got to chase that ball, and we got to put bodies on guys, and we cannot allow them – uh, to get second chance opportunities, and it's that's it's a pretty simple scouting report on Kansas City. Uh, they're long, they're lanky. I think defensively they're they're really good. Offensively, where they're good is the fact that they got two really good scores, and when they don't make their shots, boy, a 38 or 39, I think percent rebound percentage is pretty big, and that's that's kind of what we're working against. Uh, Mitchell, I think, transfer right. I think from UIC, a few different places. Right? Yep. Yeah, he was at Idaho. Yeah, then he went to Otero. Then he yeah. went to UIC, okay, that's and now I'm, he's there. That's what I remember so, from yeah, UIC. He's, yeah. he's a Minnesota kid. He's actually from Blaine, uh, Blaine, Minnesota. I remember him when he was in high school and and uh, when he went up to Idaho. So no, he's yeah, he, he's he's seen the he's seen the country. <laughs> he's seen the countryside a little bit. Do you see that now with the transfer portal? Where it, it, I suppose it's just from a coaching standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, it's just I, I, it's it's never ending to begin with. But you just add another layer to it. You, you do, yeah. I, you know, the the portal was always there. They just, you know, a few years back, they, they kind of they organized it, all the kids leaving, and they called it a transfer portal. The thing that really kind of lit a match to it is when they made the one-time transfer exception happen, coming off the heels of COVID. Yep. And, uh, you know, everybody's year that year in COVID was tough because anybody who was at a place for the first time, a lot of isolation, a lot of getting COVID and sticking in dorms, for, you know. So right. I just think when, when that portal opened up like that with a one-time coming off the heels it was like literally throwing a match on it and uh, I think I think there'll be a little bit of a slowdown as we go but now you add in the NIL and uh, another element to it so yep. it's changing it's diff it's different so different than what it was three years ago yeah you have 18 to 20 year olds time to think yeah and yeah. sometimes that could be good sometimes yeah. not so much <laughs> yeah that's right uh, Oral Roberts comes in obviously they got a big game here tomorrow but uh, a lot of with Ace Smith they've got a seven five player I mean that's uh it's going to be a difficult matchup for anybody. It really is, and he can shoot it, you know. He, yeah. He steps he, out and shoots it really moves well. Moves around well. You know, he's not a, a real physical presence, but his length around that rim and the zone one finishing can make it hard. You know, I think teams that have success against him uh, are, 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 are bigs that aren't afraid to really go in and attack him and put a body on him and really be physical with him. But if you try to avoid contact or, or you know, when he's coming from help side, it really makes it difficult to finish with that length. Uh, I guess one final one final question here: if, if if there's maybe one thing, maybe a couple things you want to see from this weekend from your team and this progression, what would it be? You know, it's continuing to fight, getting better, learning how to close possessions better on both sides of the floor. You know, playing a more complete 40-minute game, like like we've we've been better at not turning it over. We're taking care of it, but but now it's a little bit on offense, a right play, wrong play. I think sometimes when you're fighting for it, you want to make the play. 
And I think as guys are moving the ball and getting better shots, that'll continue to help us. But, no, man, get out for 40-plus minutes and really fight, compete. And, and, and you know, Thursday it's all about the, we got we got to do a great job on the glass. All right, Paul Sather, head men's basketball coach here at the University of North Dakota. Best of luck this weekend. Thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Paul Sather, we'll take a break. Come back with more of the Jack Michael Show. Brad Anderson here at the Holiday Inn. Derek Hansen back in the studio. So we're here until the top of the hour as we're live at the Holiday Inn in Fargo at 740. The fan we will be right back. Looking for some casino fun? You don't have to leave the FM area. Come on out to the Blue Wolf Casino located inside West Acres Bowl, 3402 Interstate Boulevard. Open 4 p.m. to close Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, noon to close. Darts, pool, bowling, pull tab machines, $25 blackjack with $3 minimum blackjack tables, the pig wheel, give it a spin. Up to $780 in a single spin. Perhaps the original Kingpin Casino located inside the Boulder, South University Drive in Fargo. Open 3 p.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday, 1 p.m. E-Tabs, 2 p.m. Blackjack gets going. This is where the fun is, darts, pool, bowling, or perhaps Wild Bill Saloon. Located on 45th Street and 17th Avenue South. Blackjack table, paper and electronic pull tabs, great food, full bar, game room, activities for all ages. Come on out to the Blue Wolf Casino inside West Acres Bowl. The original Kingpin Casino located inside the Boulder and Wild Bill Saloon on 45th Street and 17th Avenue South. Conducted by and for the Plains Art Museum. Ever wished you could take your Monopoly game winnings and turn them into real cash? If so, just play the new Monopoly Doubler Instant Scratch Game from the Minnesota Lottery. You can play for real and win up to $100,000. Minnesota Lottery. I'm in. Must be 18 or older to play. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. In my truck, I'll remember to follow at a safe distance. When you need to merge in front of a truck, please leave plenty of space. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Here's this week's Employment Connection, brought to you by Express Employment Professionals. Call them now at 701-297-8800 or stop by their office for your interview. Call 701-297-8800. Job seekers, call Express Employment Professionals now at 701-297-8800 or stop by their office. Red River Human Services Foundation has multiple direct support professional positions available, including full and part-time, a career you can be proud of and feel great about. Providing services to people with developmental disabilities. No experience needed. Flexible scheduling and paid training. Minimum of $17 per hour with a 90-day increase in quarterly bonuses. Apply online at rrhsf.org. It's not a job, it's a career. Red River Human Services Foundation. If you're looking to fill a position, call 701-297-3570. And we'll get you on the next Employment Connection. The Employment Connection, brought to you by Express Employment Professionals. Fargo Glass and Paint is now hiring for a branch manager in Bismarck. Pay will be determined on experience plus a $5,000 sign-on bonus, along with numerous full-time positions for a commercial glass installer and technician. Pay starts between $21.75 to $27.19 per hour, plus you can earn a $5,000 sign-on bonus. Benefits include medical, dental, vision, employer-paid pension, 401k, and seven paid holidays. Construction experience is a plus, but will train. Apply online at FargoGlass.com. 
Football season is in full swing. Make your game day watch party deliciously different with party platters from Edible Arrangements. Focus on what truly matters, how your team is doing on the field. Let Edible Arrangements do the work by creating platters filled with fresh fruit dipped in rich, indulgent chocolate. Elevate your game day grub or celebrate any occasion by calling the Edible Arrangements Fargo location at 701-281-1891 or visit their store located in the 45th Street Marketplace by Home Depot to order your freshly crafted arrangement today. Fans Finest, presented by Cass Clay Creamery. Derek Hansen in studio. I'm Brad Anderson, uh, UND associate hockey coach. Dane Jackson joins us here as we're at the Holiday Inn for the UND Fan Luncheon. And uh, well, first of all, thanks uh, thanks for taking a few minutes. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, um, you're hoping for a bounce back weekend here. What's, uh, you know, do you, do you kind of just shake things off after last weekend i guess what's the uh, what's the attitude from the coaching staff yeah that was a tough weekend obviously tough way to end on saturday night for sure um yeah, i think the biggest thing is just kind of keep trying to work and grow to be better you know uh we've uh, we've played pretty well in, in stretches and just have not been able to finish out games real well um so i think one of the biggest things we're kind of talking about when we come to the rink every day is kind of having a mindset of uh of teaching and being positive and growing and improving because we know we have a lot of good parts. Just kind of got to find a way to, to close out games and, and keep building because we know we have uh, we know we have a lot of good players, a lot of good parts. We just have been kind of finding a way to, to uh, lose games this year versus kind of uh, which has been our mantra in the past of always kind of finding a good way to close out games when we're in the lead. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you kind of go back to the 3 nothing lead in St. Cloud back in December and that uh, – the way that uh, the way that ended, and uh, you know, he thought he had a win turned into a loss. That was kind of a watershed moment. That really, the next two three weeks, you played well. So certainly, uh, this could be another example of that. Yeah, that's the thing. Obviously, we uh, we had a lead on getting been kind of close it down against a good Western team. But you know, again, I think we're talking a lot about playing uh, playing the right way without the puck and trying to really defend well. Um, you know, obviously at it comes down to whole team effort. You know, we need we need we need to score well on a, on a night. We got to defend well. We need good goaltending. You know, we've uh, been fortunate. Our special teams have been good, and uh, that's kind of we know that there's a recipe there when we when we check well and and have good special teams and, and defend hard. And we get a good chance to win. Just kind of putting all those things together and kind of finding a consistency. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of been it. I know from the goaltending standpoint, you went to your, went to your third goaltender. You know, I don't know if that was that was part of it, but I think just you know, it just kind of sound like talking a little bit with Travis Dunn uh, when he stopped in the studio on Monday. Just kind of a lot of deficiency, kind of just some defensive breakdowns at times. Yeah, a little bit. You know, we're talking about checking from the inside out and really trying to be strong and help our goaltendings. You know, our goaltending's been uh, up and down throughout the year. We've had some good performances and, and we've won those games and then when we haven't uh that's it's tough to win you know obviously and it's a huge part of it our goalies are accountable guys and are working hard and carl does a good job every day kind of digging in with those guys and uh, doing video and making them better so yeah i just think hey you know it's uh one of these things when you're going some adversity you just gotta gotta battle up you gotta gotta find a way to look in the mirror and say hey how can i do my job better every every individual guy and from there just kind of we we've won a lot of games in college hockey over the last decade so we know we have lots of uh you know the parts and the players and the things to do it and it's just got to uh you know get down to doing it at crunch time those critical moments at the end of games well i would say for both you and duluth uh, they're kind of fighting the same battle you are yep for sure you know scott's island does a great job there they've had a lot of success in that program kind of with a lot of the same principles of, of playing 
being highly competitive guys that play good defense, and uh, they've usually had good goaltending. And you know, those are uh, those are good ways to win games. So both programs know how to win. Both programs have had a lot of success, and uh, you know, it's just kind of find their way with each individual group of just trying to coach them as well as you can and find a way because you just know that you just have to be playing well at the end uh, to get into the tournament and uh, have a shot. I mean, I, I, you still have to tell the guys, hey, this is a long season here. I mean, it was a frustrating weekend, but th- this can't linger. I mean, you've got to be able to, you, you know, really you're talking about your special teams as well. Um, I want to get to that in just a second. But, uh, I mean, just, you know, from weekend to weekend, you know, you won bounce back weekend. That Paradise ranking might jump up, you know, who knows, four, five, six rankings. I mean, that's all it takes. Yeah, that's a good point. We just, we just, we know we're virtually just halfway through our uh, NCHC season, so we string together some wins, get on a good little run. We did it, uh, you know, last year we had some ups and downs and played really well uh, through the stretch in the second half and, uh, you know, became a really good team. We, we know we can do it. We have a lot of the same uh, faces in that locker room that have won three Penrose trophies, so a lot of guys that have been through these adversities and handled them well. So, you know, that gives us a lot of belief that uh, we know what's there. It's just kind of finding that finding that consistency, and we uh, we have the structure and we have the people that can do it, and it's just kind of – Kind of crunch time. We got to kind of do it now. Yep. Uh, you know, from a special team standpoint, how much do you work on the power play? How much do you work on the penalty kill uh, over the course of the week? Yeah, usually uh, a couple times a week for for each. You know, it's a it's a huge part of the game. If you can uh, score a power play goal or two and and uh, kind of hold the other power play off the board, that's a that's a big deal and a long way towards uh, getting a win. So, yeah, we uh, we have usually multiple uh, meetings on it to, to make sure that we're doing our structure well and playing how we can. And, uh, you know, really kind of pre-scout the other team to know some of their tendencies, what we're going to do to shut them down. So it's something that we, Carl and I, put a lot of time into and uh, take a lot of pride in with our with our guys to, to work on a lot and be sharp. Um, with Duluth coming in, what are, you know, what are some of the things I kind of mentioned? You know, I said they've kind of been up and down like you guys have. So I think this is a very critical weekend for both. But, uh, you know, the team has had a lot of success. And, uh, you know, do you just you kind of see it from year to year where, if it just maybe just a couple of bad bounces or just things like that or just is it just maybe the parody in college hockey that just you know it's going to bounce you know sometimes from year to year yeah i think you got to kind of you got to make your bounces you know there's everybody's going to get some good breaks and some bad breaks but if you fundamentally uh do certain things well we know a, a good recipe for success and and they do too you know they they defend hard around their net they block a lot of shots um and at your net, they, they play from the back of the net and, and, and attack and, and do a good job of getting bodies there and just kind of some of their, not always the fanciest on the rush or whatever, but they get pucks in behind you and they get it to your net. So one of the things we talk about with these guys is, uh, you know, defending really hard in that area with numbers and with good mentality at our at our paint. And then secondly is uh, they check really well throughout the neutral zone, so you got to manage pucks well. You know, if you have a chance to make some rush plays and you got three on twos or some space, let's do it. And then... If not, if they're gapping up well and really tracking hard, which they always do, then you got to advance pucks and get them in there and kind of try to play around their net. How's your forecheck uh, been, you think, the last couple of weeks? Yeah, we've been uh, working hard at it. You know, we've been managing uh, pucks better and better. And, you know, when, when you enter with a, with a good hard rim or a soft chip and you can really kind of get on, even if team has real strong D, you know, you can – we've done a good job of getting around pucks early and – We've, we've done a pretty good job in our ozone space and kind of attacking off uh, kind of the, the half court there. So something we've been pretty happy with. All right, uh, Dean Jackson, associate uh, hockey coach at UND here at the Holiday Inn. And uh, we appreciate your uh, time and go visit with uh, some of the folks inside. We'd appreciate a few minutes with us here today. Thanks very much for having me. All right, uh, it is uh, 1242 here on the Jack Michael Show. And Derek Hansen uh, back in studio as well. But uh, we're kind of looking at the NCHC standings the other day and, uh, um, 
Like I said, Duluth and uh, UND kind of fighting the uh, kind of fighting the same fight here with uh, with the uh, regional in Fargo as well coming up here at the end of uh, in Oof. March at uh, at Shields Arena. Boy, it'd be great to, great to be uh, great to have UND there, but they got a little work to do. So. Yeah, I mean, well, I think you're being kind. They probably got a lot of work to do. <laughs> it's the second half of the season <laughs> probably, yeah. is uh, really going to be. And how often do we say that where the Bulldogs and and UND have to really fight to get into the you know in that postseason, right? I mean, they're going to have to have a good NCHC tournament probably to even qualify. There's not going to be much room for error. And yeah, so I think the last thing that UND wants to do is come down here and staff a tournament that they're not in in Fargo, right? Because that they're the host team, so. It's going to be interesting. They got a lot of uh, wins that they have to get behind them. I mean, just to get swept and swept the way they did this past weekend, it was really hard. Especially since, how weird is it that they go out to Michigan, almost look like they was going to save their season going to the break, and then they come out and just just a total one eighty back at their home. So that's not good, and they got to make up some noise here. When's the last time that we've seen? I can't. I'm trying to think of the last time UND's been the road team in the NCHC. Tournament, I'm sure it probably wasn't too all that long ago when they were that way, but they've always seemed to be in the top four, right? I mean, I just I can't think mm-hmm. of when they haven't been at the rel for that. And someone yeah, maybe can help us out with a text message, but it just seems like uh, they're always hosting that week, and it'd be weird to see them on the road. Yes, uh, they right now sit in uh, seventh. Duluth is uh, just ahead of them, sitting in sixth. And um, interesting, uh, Brad Schlossman had uh, an article here in the uh, in the Herald talking about. UND now 23 in the pairwise, and they've been able to, uh, you know, basically finish off the game in St. Cloud where they had a 3 nothing lead and lost in December. And then the 5-2 win, they'd probably be sitting at right now 11 in the pairwise. Wow. They'd be pretty comfortable because really all they need to do is just get into the regional and they'll host. And, yeah, that happened in 2019. I was out there because that was the year that uh, St. Cloud State got upset and uh, Denver beat uh, what was it, AIC to uh in the uh, championship that year but it was uh the atmosphere wasn't there it was about a half full shields arena for both of those uh both of those games and uh um like i said it's uh pretty much must win mode you got to start stringing some games stringing some points together as uh, und needs to uh, do so look at the standings right now uh in the nchc und sitting at uh, number seven as uh, they uh had those losses at home. And I think that's the frustrating thing as well is, is to lose like they did, not defend your home ice at the Ralph. But, um, you know, hopefully a quick turnaround here. Um, 12.45, all um, of our fans' finest coming up in a few minutes. We were over uh, over in Heart of Lakes Country last night. It was fun to go over there with DGF and Holly. And, uh, uh, boy, an impressive young man and Owen Leach. I've had a chance to watch him play last year a couple of times as well. But he went for 33 last night as uh, – Boy, DGF playing well in that uh, that section. You know, uh, DGF and Barnesville have a uh, pretty pretty big game coming up on Saturday afternoon as well. But it uh, was fun to watch last night. Yeah, they. I mean, it's. Uh, it, it, what do you expect from that? Uh, you know, I guess the old Heart Lakes Conference. Now, just you kind of look at the mm-hmm. divisions, the AAA, what have you. It's it's a lot of fun. So it's it's not going to be easy by any means to get out of that one. <laughs> there's just a, there's a lot. We talk about parity in the NFL. That's always pretty good parity there when it comes to the basketball. Yeah, they're only going to do the sections as well. They're not going to do the north and south subsections. They've gone 1 through 16, and uh, talking with both coaches last night, Nathan Stowe of Hawley and uh, Mike Clark of DGF, that they are, um, yeah, Thief River Falls took their first loss last night, but Perm's pretty solid. Perm plays Hawley on Friday night, and I know Barnesville's going to be in the mix, and DGF's only losses were to Thief River and uh, and Amoriad as well. So um, um, it's going to be a fun time in that uh, tournament um 
not like courting anymore. They've gone uh, high seeds for two rounds, and they've gone um, to Detroit Lakes for that tournament. Uh, between Detroit Lakes and the Hive and Purim, they've kind of taken over as the uh, blasphemy. Taken over as the tournament home. Yes. Yeah, it's um. Someday I, I, you know, maybe when I retire, I can maybe talk to the good folks or my friends at the Channel Six. There, there almost should be like a Matt O'Lean, you know, like what he did with uh, the the women's yep. basketball and the and. and that District Twenty Three that Eddie used to do on Channel Six, that the and and, and the Region Six say that there were some moments in there that if you wrote a script, Hollywood wouldn't take it. It's too unbelievable, right? I mean, it's it was history, Hickory Husker stuff all the time in that tournament. Many times, I mean, just it just yeah. Uh, if you go to YouTube, yeah, if you go to YouTube, you can find the the Six A or District Twenty Three A games. Oh my god, it was just the environment in that thing, and and it was kind of. Because because I think what was it Eddie they lost the North Dakota contract so Eddie decided you know what we're gonna do this and they uh, they turned it into uh, into gold well and, uh, just, just yeah and and since they didn't have the North I think what they looked at because they were covered and you know they got to be close with Rex Haugen you know in the early eighties yep. and then they won the championship in eighty four and and it was just you couldn't squeeze any more people in there they had to turn people away at the door many times. So I think they went to, you know, I know Ed Thompson, our old superintendent, was part of it. And they said, well, we should start televising this thing. And it was still packed. I mean, and people were sitting at home all throughout the region still watching it. I remember a lot of kids I knew from North Dakota and even the, you know, Fargo-Moorhead area going, I can't believe all you hick towns get all this TV coverage, right? But it was just crazy how, I mean, it's just hard to even think that you could not sit anywhere and the confetti and you know oh my goodness the the football players being more or less security all the way around for concordia's football players right it was it was like nothing you could ever and it was just pandemonium in some of the the last second shots and moments you couldn't write it's it's crazy but yeah and uh yeah it'd be fun to watch that there's going to be a lot of a lot of interesting races uh the class a state tournament that's very wide open there's parody and both sides out west, and then boy, EDC, the EDC boys tournament is going to be really interesting as well. As you've got uh, a lot of parity there, and then and, and even teams like Horace that have uh, surprised a few teams, and, um, and Red River and Central who struggled for a while. They've played some better basketballs of late, so that's going to be a lot of wide open tournaments. And of course, we'll have a tournament coverage of the uh, all the state tournaments on the North Dakota side here in 740. The fan coming up. Uh, uh, beginning in uh, in March, we are at the uh, we're at the holiday end. Is about a few minutes left as they have the uh, uh, UND fan luncheons. They'll have one more coming up on Wednesday, February fifteenth. So you didn't make this one. Come on out to the holiday end. Um, it's it's in one of the uh, one of the club rooms. You actually just kind of walk in the main entrance, and uh, you'll be able to you'll be able to uh, to check it out as well. Ten minutes before um, one o'clock, Timberwolves basketball over on uh, KFGO tonight. That'll be uh, late, eight thirty on the pregame. Yeah, late game out in uh, in Denver, and then uh, um, UND basketball coming up on uh, both KFGO and the Fan tomorrow. As uh, women will be in Kansas City against the uh, against the Ruse, and then the men against Kansas City, and then the Saturday games against uh, Oral Roberts. Uh, Oral Roberts as well. Twins Winter Caravan is a week from tonight at the oh Sanctuary Event Center. If you've Got your tickets. You've not gotten your tickets yet. You can do so. Stop by our studios or just go to 740thefan.com, and there is a link where you can get those uh, get those tickets online as well. Looking forward to that. Caravan, been, what, three, four years, I think, since uh, since COVID? Since, uh, yeah, COVID, since January 2020. It. You know, it's just, we just uh, okay. 
And yeah, so I mean, it was right about that time as we start hearing about something on a cruise ship, right? And then, uh, yeah, so yeah. who would have known that a month later the world would be shutting down? But yeah, so that had been the last time, I do believe, that uh, we had a Twins Winter Caravan would be January 2020. Because, well, I think they would have had one last year in January 2022, but they didn't have a, you know, they couldn't bring players because there was a lockout. So that that's a... Yes, baseball just getting getting in its own way again. But yeah, I'm glad we aren't yes. aren't having those talks this year. That's uh, that's great. We have, that's uh, no labor disputes. So you can think about baseball. You got the World Baseball Classic coming up, which will kind of get I think kind of hidden and buried a little bit in March. But they'll have that going on for the the diehard baseball fans. We had Chris Atterbury on yesterday to uh, talk about the uh, talk about the caravan, and uh, of course Chris has inside twins. I believe it'll be Louis Varland, one of the young up and coming pitchers. That uh, we'll visit with Chris um, uh, coming up this week with Inside Twins. You'll be able to hear that on uh, on KFGO coming up here. Uh, good. Wrapping up the uh, final segment here on this one, it kind of goes go back to our uh, back to our NFL chat a little bit. I guess some things that you're uh, things that you're looking for this weekend. Things that you know, if there's maybe one road team that pulls it off, who do you see it being? Well, I think that the two number one seeds are going to get a little healthy. I think the Eagles really needed to get healthy, right? I mean, I think Hurts having the week mm-hmm. off, that's going to be good. So I think, I think they're going to be okay when it's all said and done. But uh, I think to your point, the, the Bengals are the, they're the it factor right now. Right? I mean, what are they going to bring to the table? That's going to be really something to watch. So I, I think that's the team I'll probably think is probably going to win on the road. I don't think the Giants have enough. I, the Cowboys are – you know, we talked about the schizophrenia with the the Vikings. My goodness, I mean, what? <laughs> holy Jekyll and Hyde that team is because I mean they look great on Monday night. And granted, the Buccaneers are a little long in the tooth, but I just, I, I that Dallas defense is not bad. And so, can they match up man for man with all those weapons? You know, because we know it's a rookie quarterback and he's relying on all that talent on the outside of him, right? So. I, I, you know, I, as much as everyone's on the 49ers bandwagon, and rightfully so, if you get the right Dallas team, who knows what you're going to get? I think it's going to come down to Dak. Um, yeah. You know, people, you know, people take a lot of, you know, Cousins gets his share of flack. And, you know, I thought overall he's been probably as consistent as, he, as he's ever been. Um, Dak is just a different story. He's, he's incredibly talented and, you know, very athletic. But boy, he uh, he's inconsistent. He can make some make some scary throws and some weird decisions at times. And I, I think it just, it, to me, it's going to come down to that. If he can make plays and he looked good against Tampa Bay. I mean, he used his weapons, he used lamb, he used a, a bevy of receivers. And, and I, I, to me, he's the, he's going to make the difference uh, yeah. on, on Sunday. Yeah. I, I think you're a hundred percent right on that. And yeah, you can get uh what is it? The good Dak, bad Dak. It's kind of the same thing, that type of thing. So yeah, <laughs> you just never know what you're going to get sometimes with that. That's, can kind of drive you crazy as a, a fan, I'm sure, if you like that team with a star on the hat, as Jack Michaels like, likes to say. You know, one thing that's going to be interesting tomorrow, as you mentioned, as you're wrapping up out there, a lot of Summit League talk with Dave Richmond, but, uh, boy, NDSU, I mean, kind of pulling the uh, – naturally gets more at no Dakers coming to town here in a couple of years, huh? Holy cow, what a interesting deal there against uh, – was it Eddie George in Tennessee State at the Titan Stadium? That should be a lot of fun. Yes, uh, the uh, home and home, and that had been talked about for a while, and uh, was made official today that yeah, Tennessee State they will uh, uh, they will do the uh, the game in Fargo in 2024, and that will pretty much fill up the uh, 24 season for NDSU. And then yeah, they're going to play in Nissan Stadium 
the nice. home of the uh, Tennessee Titans, and uh, they are coached by a former NFL uh, standout, one of the best running backs uh, in his uh, in his era, Eddie George. That'll be uh, in 2025. Appreciate the folks here at UND for having us here for UND. Um, the fan luncheon. They'll have another one coming up next month on February the 15th. For Derek Hansen, I'm Brad Anderson. Common Man's next. We'll be back with the show tomorrow at noon here at 740 The Fan. So long.